Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 3 of the Shed Sports Podcast, I'm your host Alan Buckley, with me today is Paul Quinn, as usual, this podcast is sponsored by Pratsky and Bulmers, Budweiser and Archer Tates, so a lot of drinks today, on this uh, show today we're going to talk a bit of NFL, a bit of football and some cricket and MMA talk, so I hope you enjoy. So a very busy weekend of Premiership football. We'll just recap it real quick. Um, Friday night's game was Aston Villa against Everton. Um, Villa beat Everton 2-0. Thank God for me. I threw Wesley in as we fantasy football striker. Got rid of Hardy Kane because he's dog shit at Spurs. But yeah, we'll walk, walk away with that. And Southampton beat Brighton 2-0. Crystal Palace beat United 2-1. Yes. Leicester beat Sheffield United 2-1. Damn. West Ham won 3-1 against Watford, Bucko. And Liverpool beat Arsenal 3-1. Poxy. So yeah, so what games have you seen? Uh, well, what games have I seen or what games I'm going to talk about? <laughs> nah, both. We'll Basically, see what, we'll see what start off with Chelsea. Oh, great. Every bleeding week. Finally, you know, relegation was looming <laughs> early on in the season, but they managed, they managed to scrape past, you know... League contenders Norwich three two. Oh, thanks for the positive. Yeah, positive. Oh, yeah you know, you like that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like that. Oh, okay. That's a good spin. Yeah. Anyways, well, three two. They still conceded two goals, though. That's what zero clean sheets this season. In fairness, I did want the clean sheet. We only lasted six minutes. We conceded, but yeah, we're the new Arsenal. Score, oh well, score seven, concede six. As long as you're winning, as long as you're winning. I you said, what? Do you, what was your prediction? Sixth. Yeah, sixth. Like I said, I want to, fifth or sixth, I'll take sixth, because I don't see a lot of change in the league, I just see us dropping out, maybe you know you're dropping out, and then we'll see what the top four ends up like. But, I said there's pretty poor teams, so you should pick up three points against them. It's the top two, and then a mix of three or four behind, and three or four behind that, that could improve beyond their position last year. But you're still looking at the weekend game, you're still looking at Chelsea being the most exciting team to watch. In the whole Premiership, I don't care what anyone says. Gee. If you're gonna score goals and concede goals every two minutes, <laughs> yeah, that's a long ninety minutes to watch. Absolute heart attack as a fan, but yeah, it was good crack. I enjoyed that. And you had to good. watch it sober as well because you were on the way to work. Yeah, devastated. That was our, that was a tough one. Every three minutes, I was like, oh, uh, no, I'll leave the cans down. I'll I'll stay there and I'll go to work late. We're being the early game. But yeah, Brighton losing to Southampton and Watford losing to West Ham. We'll get on to the Watford result for West, against West Ham now in a second. But Brighton, that's three games so far. They haven't looked great. They could be possible relegation pro- prospects there. You're talking about Chelsea getting relegated? Fucking get you. Oh, there's three teams there, Paul, you know? Yeah, three teams. The other team will be a toss-up with whoever, whoever is fucked by Christmas and doesn't spend any money in January. So you always leave space for that. But yeah, Watford, West Ham, you're all shoot. Oh, I thought so. What was that? It was something like 9-2. It was something crazy. Like. Superior bit choice there by Bucco. Oh, no. yeah. Didn't put any money on it or anything, but, you know. That's all right, yeah. Just don't back yourself for that there, Bucco. Exactly, yeah. But Buff. you know what I mean? Paul's supposed to be the football expert. I'm supposed to be the, the casual fan, as they call it. The armchair fan. Well, you know my prediction went fairly well. I picked Arsenal to upset Liverpool. That yeah. happened. You're doing great, didn't you? They scored one. Conceded <laughs> three. Yeah. Uh, that Louise played this week brutal gave away the penalty and I couldn't catch Salah for the tour goal it's a disaster move yeah. 
Glad we got rid of him. Eight million is a bargain. After the game, he goes, it was just a reflex. I didn't mean to put him back. Uh, It shouldn't have been a penalty. Well, he's not a centre half, so he doesn't know how to defend. He's a defensive midfielder. He shouldn't be played there. If you put someone back, it's not a penalty. Uh, We'll get to that. Because penalties in various situations over the weekend take the piss, especially in that Chelsea game. As the main one I watched and you know, pissing me off that was. We'll get to that. Anyway, it's what we got going on to Man United versus Palace. A late Palace goal. It's usually Man United scoring a late goal. It was a bit embarrassing of Martial and Lingard to be pulling Daniel James by out of a celebration to hurry up and go back and lose 2 1. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, stop celebrating, we have a game to lose. He <laughs> <laughs> should have took longer. Yeah, he should have took we got longer. The draw. got the draw. Jesus Christ. Ex-Chelsea left back, Patrick Van Allenholt, where is Dunner? Don't care what anyone says, the keeper made a clangor. Absolute terrible, <laughs> terrible job. Yeah, you The hey, yeah. Yeah, we can't say that. I can't pronounce that, but... <laughs> Just say the gay. Yeah, we'll right. understand where you're going, but yeah, Palace 2-1. So Roy Hodgson. You missed a penalty, was that all Man United? Yeah, great penalty. Var would tell you that it was a miss. Hit the inside, the left upright post, straight wide across the goal. You're like, Pfft. fairness, it was a humdinger of a panel. Very yeah, confident. Just like, yeah, maybe Pogba should have taken it this week. They should have flipped the coin. Who took it? Rashford. Somewhere. That was a bit of a rash sp- decision for to hand them the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> if that's how this is going, this is going to be a long episode. Oh, Jesus. Five from. minutes in, and we've gone with a rash decision for give Rashford the penalty. All right, great. Um, yeah, maybe Pogba should have taken it this week. Somewhere, somewhere in a Sky Sports studio, Gary Neville has gone mad. They should have one penalty taker. I'd like to see him went off camera and went on camera because oh. he's like this is the biggest professional when he's on camera. But off camera, he's probably like dropping every f bomb in the book. His watch along, him and Carragher are watching United Liverpool. Not commentating on it, watching it and reacting to each other's reactions throughout the game. That would be the biggest, most viewed thing of the whole season on Sky Sports, definitely. Yeah, so you've seen Carragher and his reactions to the week of fan. You know what I mean? He doesn't react well. No, he doesn't. He loves he loves spitting in someone's face. Yeah, Scumbag. Pretty, pretty scummy. Absolute bin dipper from Liverpool. Oh, that's not that's not, that's not okay, Come on. He's a bin dipper. He's a Liverpool fan. That's just great. What do you mean disgraceful? Anyways, on to the greatest goalkeeper of all time, Adrian. <laughs> Almost made an absolute howler again. Comes out, what, 20 yards when, uh, I think it was uh, Van Dijk yeah. had the ball covered. Comes out, hits it straight to the uh, Arsenal fella. Man flip, tries to chip the keeper, just misses. And this is when it was nil all, so it could have been... Could have been a big swing in the game. Yeah. Well, that could have changed my betting prediction all up. Yeah. And plus, yeah, Arsenal had some good chances early. Could have easily been 2 0 up early on. Poxy finishing. Yeah, like straight. I think the first one was straight to the goalkeeper, if I remember correctly. Yeah, poor finishing. But that's what Arsenal are. They're all like, like Chelsea. Early pressure, all firepower, but you know they're going to concede eventually. Oh, yeah. That's like a steward. Yeah, definitely. We're the new Arsenal as Chelsea fans. That's what we have to accept. The new Arsenal. It's going to have to grow over it. I said my brother in law supports Arsenal. He's a season ticket holder, so. That's 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 for his sins. Yeah, although it took him ten years to get a ticket. Is he living in England? No. No, oh, there you go. Fair play. Travels over like four times a year. There you go. Good use. Yeah. Yeah. That's for for a play. Don't you get like two tickets. Over more than me. Yeah. That was good. It works out well. You get like yourself and another ticket. So that's good. Yeah, we go. We're going to eat some prawn sandwiches and watch Arsenal lose eight 0 We should be joking. <laughs> 
London's a cesspool. Yeah. Yeah, over there, the Chelsea fan. Oof. Not, not an easy spot. That's a bunch of racists. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but for a bunch of racists, we did do bad to beat Norwich 3 2. Uh, Tammy Abraham, two goals. Mason Mount for a goal. Um, we'll run through it quickly. Tammy scored in the third minute. Great foot build up play. Everyone seemed to touch the ball. Pulisic, Jorginho. Yeah, him, got to mention again. Um, good overlapping run from Aspilicueta. Um, chest high ball into the penal spot. And on the turn, a half volley with Tammy Abraham. Boom, straight past him, Crow. Can't ask for more than that. Yeah, three minutes later, the new Arsenal showed up. Can't defend to save our lives. We are dog shit in defence. Um, good build up play from Norwich. Well, I say good build up. Jorginho, early in the game, you get one tackle, you get one free fell. Take your man down the midfield. Don't let him go wide. Don't let him play the ball out wide. Follow his pass in and then score and finish. It was a good finish in the end by Todd Cantwell. Good, good play from Norwich. A lot of bodies moving. Five all in the same area. Spread out across the pitch. Couple one twos cross across the box. Nothing Kepa can do. Can't come for it. Defender can't touch it. Yeah. Easy tap in for the Norwich midfielder. But remember his name for later on in this piece because it's not going to be positive. Um, then Chelsea's going front. Good pressing. High up the field. Mason Mount. Presses the ball. 1-2 with Tammy. Cuts inside on his right. Two touches across the defender, straight to the top corner. Absolute humdinger of a finisher. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Again, that's where all the comparisons with Lampard are coming from. All these outside-the-box goals are strong finishes from, from outside. Very good player. But um, Then we get to the forced incident with uh, Steeperman, Norwich midfielder. Um, holds down Kovacic where where an MMA move, like a spin, spin and suplex type thing, and the ref just lets it go. Doesn't book him. That could have been his force yellow. Then when he gets booked, that could have been his red. Yeah. And then when he was booked, he made another foul, which could have definitely been another yellow as red, and he wasn't booked for that. So he got out a whole game of one yellow for making three bookable defenses. Offenses, sorry. Yeah. Jesus, we that was terrible. No, oh, no. Yeah, one slip up in an episode oh, yeah. is allowed. Yeah, sorry. Um, Farah had something to say with Azuma goal which Giroud had his eye on the ball later in the game contested straight with the goalkeeper Tuncrill drops the ball minimal contact the referee actually gave the goal and was overruled by Var. Um, Dave as well Aquetta our captain should have had a penalty. Steeperman absolutely tore the knee off him kicked him into next week no penalty given because it but I quote with this from BT Sport, um, it wasn't top tier incident level, so VAR weren't going to investigate and re watch the replay. They must have been like the Greek lads that were caught last week on their first one, getting some fucking takeaway delivered to the van when they're meant to be watching the games all over Greece. <laughs> so what happened? Yeah, I swear to God. Yeah, they got takeaway delivered to the van. <laughs> it was caught on camera as well. That was good crack. I seen that on, on Facebook. That was good. Oh, yeah, hungry. You get hungry. Yeah, you do. Um, later on then the game, Mason Mount. Baller of a player gets stamped on to get in the get on the replay gets showed about six or seven times, clear visible stamp, and Var don't see that as something to go back and replay and tell the referee about and to go book or send off the player, and Mount ended up going off injured with a calf issue later on in the game, but um yeah we've got back to two two Timo Puki. Some of the hey. absolute funny name hey, Golden Boot <laughs> this fella is flying he's the next Pavel Progrebniak. 
Five goals in three games. Everyone will be looking at looking for him now in uh, January. Yeah, and then he'll fucking dry up. Yeah, yeah. He'll dry up. He's he exceeding his expectations at the moment. Yeah, and he's getting a game for Norwich. He'll go to another team. The only reason he'll go to another team is to stop Norwich having a strike. Yeah. And that's when Norwich will start falling down. He won't get a game for another team. Maybe come on late as a game changer. Won't do they'll it. They'll avoid relegation. That's all they want. You know? well, they need points before January if they're not going to keep him. Because he's playing well. In fairness, I have to say, he gave Zuma and Christensen a tough day. True. And, and fuck uh, Christensen. And a relegation battle between them and Chelsea, you know what I mean? That was a, that was a <laughs> this key, was an early season. That was a key three points. An early season three point there in a six point battle for relegation. Yeah, yeah, sure it was. But <laughs> well, Christensen was fucking for the second goal playing offside on his own 18 yard line. Don't know what he's doing. Leaves him on. Um, Zuma gets done down the line, but kept it. I love the chap. I love our goalkeeper. He's a boss. Love the unflip. That was the worst angle I've ever seen a keeper close down his near post. Pucky didn't even put it in the corner, he put it in the centre of the goal and it went clean past Kepa by about a foot. He was rightly pissed off for himself, he should have been. But again, um, later on in the game, as after Tammy got a toward, which we can't not talk about, Kovacic actually got an assist. Unbelievable, went all season without doing an assist or a goal going for 40 million and suddenly boom pops up an assist it was against Norwich but yeah his decision making and his dribbling was very good he got an assist although you did say all season there has been four games well this was last season as oh, well yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he played 38 games he played in every premiership game last year and oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. some Champions League some Tuesday Cup games and no assists no goals and then oh. he decided to buy him for 40 million oh, yeah well at least he's getting the, getting the hang of things now good he's still contribute bar- to the winner yeah exactly so, he got the assist to Tammy. Fair play to Tammy. Good hold up play. Took on the two centre-halves. Direct running. Two touches to his right. Dummy the ball. Boom. Smashed in the corner. Perfect finish. And to be fair, that was on 68 minutes and Chelsea didn't look didn't look like they were going to get caught from then. In fairness, it was a lot different to the Leicester game. Every time Chelsea got in front against Leicester, the last few minutes when it was a draw, it looked like they were going to overrun us. A lot more control in this game against Norwich. Much easier to watch. The only issue there was the subs again were very like for like. I understand that at the start of the game, Kante and Pedro were injured in the warm-up and Kovacic and Barkley played. But um, I thought that was a perfect game. 3-2 up, Tammy off, put Batsman on. Michi Batsway hasn't got game time yet this season. Lampard's rotating the squad fairly well. Um. Yeah, just himself. Get Batsman. Want to see a bit more Batsman. That thought that would have been a perfect game. Like, there's no point throwing Giroud on. And understand putting Giroud on up there is to hold the ball up against Norwich to eke out the time and the clock and bring her in. But Chelsea weren't playing that way. Chelsea were dominating the possession and he had to play link up. It's not really a lot of what Giroud could do there that was going to help us. Like I said, he was involved in that incident where the ref gave the goal to Zuma where he collided with the keeper he basically yeah basically almost didn't touch him and the team crew dropped the ball expecting the free kick to be given wasn't given ref gave the goal far overruled the referee disallowed the goal and gave the free kick Norwich got away with it keepers always get the benefit of the too much yeah too much nowadays definitely that the penal incident the stamp multiple red cards could have been given that was not a 3-2 game to Chelsea I didn't know whether it was the ref or VAR who was controlling the game, but Chelsea were much more dominant than that. We could we could have been well out of sight by that point. Well, um, so yeah, fair play to Mason Mount because 
he got abuse in that first game against Man United. They he like, did. He didn't deserve it either. But they were he, like, you know, he was, he was like, he's a scapegoat. Yeah. But like, why is he playing this, like, you know, inexperienced player? And then Lampard's obviously seen something, seen he has potential, and he keeps playing him. And he's right too as well. That kid is quality. Very good. Him and Tammy Abraham, a bit early to say, but could be the new Lampard drug bill. Little connection there in the team and with them being so young, getting so much experience now in this team throughout this season, that would set us up for next year when we can actually bring in a bit of experience and let go the dead wood in the squad. The good thing about having Frank Lampard and Drogba is like they were literally playing at that very highest level for Chelsea like five, six years ago. Yeah, so but right. they had to start somewhere and when Drogba and Lampard were together the first few years... It wasn't always as smooth as it was. And in fairness, Mason and Tammy are flying at the moment. Hopefully they keep it up. Yeah, it was not just a job, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the biggest negative of the day was Ross Barkley. Starting the game with Pedro out. Injured in the warm-up. It was embarrassing how poor he was. This must be a different human being than I've seen in the preseason. He was our best player in the preseason by a country mile. Performance against Barcelona was unmatched. And yesterday, he, well, the other day, actually, he couldn't pass or finish for his life. Poor all-round play. Couldn't pick out a Chelsea player. Couldn't do anything. And thank God by then he was taken off. But he ended the game. Just not good enough. It's a bad day. Yeah, just wasn't good enough. But there was one positive. Like I said earlier, I mentioned him earlier. Matthew, Matthew Kovacic. His decision-making and his dribbling from that deep midfield role. So very similar to Kante playing alongside Jorginho. I thought he nailed that. Yeah. Now it was against Norwich. They weren't the superstar team, but fourth of the season gets them off the mark. That gets him in there. You're thinking, right? Well, if him and Kante can do that role together, does that get rid of Jorginho finally? But no, you that fella is gonna play every game all season and piss every week. That's that's just a no brainer. That's what that's gonna be. So now on to NFL part of the podcast. So what do you, do you have any NFL stories for the week, Paul? Uh, a good few. In fairness, it's been a busy week. Look, we're leading up to, to this Saturday, which is the big cut day. So the 90-man rosters that you're seeing, there's too many people to know who everyone is. That's a bit of an issue where anyone getting into it. Preseason's also boring. There's not a lot happening. This week, pretty interesting. A lot of stuff happening. Um, there's reports saying that Jerry Jones is getting fed up with his Cowboys head coach on... He's at the putting him on the hot seat. He's in his last year's contract. That's Jason Garrett. Yeah. Um. Last year they made the playoffs. They made. They got eliminated after making the playoffs. They got knocked out. This year they must make the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl, or 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 win the Super Bowl at this point for him to do any better. Yeah. And he's just not taking that talented group any further. As an Eagles fan, I'd like to see Coach Clapp stay. Every time something happens, that's good. Every time he happens to something this bad, no matter what happens, he's just coach clap. He's like, yes, okay, we'll get there, we'll do this, we'll yeah, do monotone. this. monotone. Yeah, basically he's being told what to do and what to say by the general manager. Yeah. And he's the one that pays the bills, so he's going to call a time on his career at the end of this season. Maybe if he gets that far, like without a running back with Zeke still not signed, and with Dak not being a top 100 player considered by his peers in the NFL list, going to be tough to make a, a good run against that strong deep Eagles team boys included and um, the Cardinals offense number one overall pick Kyler Murray quarterback um, new coach head coach Cliff Kingsbury yeah. new offense the air raid offense a lot of um, 
quarterback movement behind the line, uh, deep throws, a lot of play action passes, just big play offense. Going to be something new, something that the league has never seen before. Well, that's what he sold. Now, can he produce? I don't think so. That has looked poxy in the preseason. It's not worked. It's not doing well. They're saying there's glimpses of him being a top-level quarterback. He's playing against twos and threes on defense. Yeah. Every quarterback has played well, except for Dakota Prescott, who plays for the Cow Bitches. He was only two for five the other day. Shit. Yeah, exactly. He's playing against twos and threes. You should be able to make a few easy catches. But yeah, the Cardinals look poor. They could be in for another rough season. I'd say their GM is under more fire than the head coach and the quarterback because they drafted a quarterback last year numbered in the and number 10 pick overall. They traded up to get Josh Rosen. They yeah. surely traded him to Miami and they went and got the number one pick, Kyler Murray. If he doesn't work out, something Probably. wrong there. Yeah. They have a new coach, new quarterback. Moved on from last year's one-year rental of a coach and a quarterback. It's the GM. Steve Kimes in trouble. He'd be the one sacked before Cliff Kingsbury or Kyler Murray. Someone will come in there. They'll fix that. They get them an old line. They get them some protection. Um, hopefully they do well just because of Larry Fitzgerald being stuck there. He's yeah. a Hall of Fame wide receiver. But this fella has caught everything. He was yeah. an MVP in the Super Bowl win for them as well. He is a serious, serious wide receiver. But he's stuck there now. Probably his last year of football. And for the last few years, just been dog shit. The whole... How the whole organization has just been dog shit. It's not been working out at all. You know, I had a question for you. It's like, you know, in the draft picks, right? Yes. How many people get drafted? So it's seven rounds of 32 people. All right. So I think that's 214 off the top of my head, or am I wrong? 224. Uh, 224. There we go. 224. Yeah, maths was not my strong point. Shout out Patrician College. Didn't go a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so two, 224 players get drafted. Um, seven rounds each team gets one to 32 now you're one to 32 so if you're the worst team you get the first, the first pick. pick the best team gets the 32nd pick so your fi- your final um, record for the season is ranked one to 32 based on how far you got into the season and that's where you'll draft yeah. now obviously if you trade if you want a higher pick you'll trade your draft picks to go up you'll move up and down the draft board yeah. in every round um, the Eagles are great at that. Seems like the Cardinals tried it this year, and this is their big swing and a mi- big swing. Hopefully, it's not a miss for them. They really need something to start working out there in Arizona. But um, the Green Bay Packers, they also have a new coach. Um, Matt Lafleur, young coach, was the Titans' offensive coordinator last year. They weren't very successful, but they were more a run-heavy team. Um, it seems so far in the in the off season that they may need to draft a quarterback. Yeah. even though they have Aaron Rodgers the most talented quarterback in the league just he's becoming the problem he was the reason Mike, Car- Mike McCarthy the old coach got sacked you didn't know him? no Mike McCarthy would call in the play in his ear Aaron Rodgers would go into the huddle ignore what the coach said and come up with his own play he'd, and he'd say oh I didn't see that I audible to a running play I audible to this pass play yeah I've seen that on the field or something yeah so he thinks because he's that intelligent and he's that talented that he doesn't need a head coach or an offense coordinator is here. He can do it himself. Yeah, so he's a prick. Yeah, he's going to be an issue. He's consistently uh, had injuries over the last few years. His play is on the decline. I think he's... 
Which is? He broke his own record for throwaways, which means that instead of trying to throw the ball to be complete, he's throwing it in the stand so it's not intercepted. Yeah. So last year's record, yeah, last year's record with 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. One of the greatest touchdown to interception ratios there is. But no one said out in about 77 throwaways. <laughs> if you throw the ball away 77 times, you're just not even attempting a play. Yeah, my question is, uh, I've seen that, but like, it doesn't seem, it's supposed to be penalised, isn't it? Uh, it depends. If it goes past the line of scrimmage, yeah, that's but, out of balance. Yeah, that's but, it. If it's within the 10 yard that you need to get for a force down, it's intentional grounding by the quarterback. And you'll see that on plays where they're, tr- where they're half sacked and on the way to the ground. They Instead of taking it. the sack, they try and throw it. They still try and complete the play, but it doesn't go past the the force down marker. Yeah. That's intentional grounding. Mm-hmm. So we'll get we'll get to all those things when we get to see a live game with with proper players at full pace. We'll we'll coach yeah. you up on all the penalties again. Exactly. We'll, we'll get you a, back into we'll it. We do a run through, a, a, a watch through. Yeah, a walk through even. There you go. There's your slip of a walk through. We get you there. You know. Um. Yeah. So then we moved on to the next story. Baker Mayfield. Uh, made an apology to Daniel Jones because the media kind of usurped his words as they do and he said he couldn't believe that Daniel Jones well he's apparently said he couldn't believe that Daniel Jones was picked number one quarterback in the draft by the Giants at pick number six there was better options there and they couldn't believe it Um, he wasn't trying to slight the quarterback in any way but the media tried to make it out that he slighted him he yeah. publicly apologised to him and said, look, that was the way, I didn't mean to come across that way. That's just the way it sounded and the way that yeah. they printed it. it comes across bad. Daniel Jones not that type of person to care about anything like that. He's a very... Thick skin. Yeah, very thick skin. So. Kind of one of those old heads on a young body type thing. Yeah, things yeah. are going to get him. Yeah, nothing's going to get him in trouble. Only the fact the, the Giants don't have an old line to protect him, but we'll get to that bit. Um, that's the, con- the quarterback controversy. That's what Eli Manning. He's been there for so long. The Giants fans and the organization think they owe him so much because of the two Super Bowl wins. Yeah. He's playing dog shit for the last three years. They blamed it on Odell Beckham being there and the distractions. Last year he was injured by week four. He didn't play most of the year. And people are like, look at the numbers. Eli didn't play that bad. And their season was trash and done and dusted. They were tanking basically for the number one pick. But Eli started playing well when the other teams were, the teams they were playing against were trying to get a better draft pick, so they weren't yeah. playing as best as they could. Yeah. Um, Eli Manning looked a bit better against them teams. They had an easy schedule. They still sucked, and they still picked in the top ten. Then next year, I'm telling you now, unless they move to Daniel Jones and wing it with the rookie, yeah. they'll be picking top ten again next year, well, and he'll uh, be gone, and there'll be other movements around. Who's uh, Odell Beckham Jr. playing for now? Cleveland Browns. Really? Be- they've nicknamed themselves Believeland. They were seven nine and they were seven and nine last year. They won the Royals or, or seven eight and one something along no, those lines. Seven and nine they were. Yeah, yeah, they weren't even a winning team, but no. that's a lot better than the three seasons before that. Zero and sixteen, zero and sixteen, and one and fifteen. So when you go seven and nine, that is a massive difference for Cleveland. But now they've got a few wide receivers. They've got Cream Hunt off uh, NFL waivers. With the Kansas City Chiefs releasing him after the TMZ video of him being the shit out of some woman in a hotel. Oh, that's, NFL, not very, that's very unlike an NFL person. That's terrible, isn't it? That's never happened before. Imagine in the off-season get caught on video committing a crime. Jesus. What happened to 
and beat the shit out of a woman in a hotel in a hotel lobby. So yeah, that's his career. Almost probably well. Well, in NFL terms, he gets a what's it, six or seven week suspension. He'll be back by week eight. Yeah. So they yeah. they do if they can at least get five and three in the first eight games, they're getting a Pro Bowl running back back fresh. Yeah. No tackles against third aging defenses who are probably out there having a few injuries themselves. They could be a serious second half of the season team, but they need Baker Mayfield to be on point. They need him to be running that offense. They have some tough games. This is not the year to judge them. Yeah. They have a horrible schedule. You need to judge them off next year. But will the Cleveland fans, will the media, will all the hype allow that? Like yeah. If they don't make the playoffs this year, there's a lot of buzz about that team that will look like a bad season. Yeah, because the Raiders will like, beat them twice. So, well, that's <laughs> two losses already. Still a massive Ra- Raiders fan after that. But it's, it's all about the money. And Cam Newton in Carolina. Gone down injured in preseason. This is another reason why all the starters don't play don't in preseason. Play, yeah, you, don't get, you don't want to get injured yeah. and then you're, that's a nothing game. Because they're going to be the tag game if you're being yeah. there. So it, I literally just took a quick note. Carolina Panthers, no Cam, no chance. <laughs> There's your fourth show. If Cam, Cam Newton doesn't isn't ready for week one, they have no chance of making the playoffs. Every loss, every win is critical for them. They're in a tough division. Maybe a wildcard team comes out of that division, but Jesus, without their quarterback, they've got nothing. He runs everything for them. I love the running back slash wide receiver Christian McCaffrey. He's a boss of a player. If anyone's doing NFL fantasy, which we'll get to, he is a massive points taker. He's the Sweet. biggest points taker you can take for this season. Well, I already picked him, yeah. Yeah, of course you did, yeah. I know, without, I know how he is, I do. But without Cam Newton, there's no one really there to throw the ball to. So, every week that he plays, losing losing a lot for the Carolina Panthers. Jadavion Clowney, the, the defensive end off Houston Texans, his trade value is still high. But the issue is teams are cutting their team down to 53 by Saturday yeah. with one preseason game left. If he's not traded before then, I don't see him moving at any time now. Now, they've just there's been a bit of a movement in that. They've lost their tackle on their offensive line and their running back got injured in the very first play of week three of the preseason. Again, why are the starters playing these games? But at the same time, if you're that fragile... Get injured in the first play. Very you know, first play of the game. I think, you know, he tore up his anyway. ACL in his knee. That was, that was not, that's not fragile. That was a bad, that's a bad tear. That's probably a poor warm-up situation. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not it's probably a probably player landing on his leg. Ready. I didn't see the injury, but I seen him getting carted off the field. Oh, yeah, it was that caught, video. you know, could be ankle ACL. Someone rolled it up and go. Yeah, his ACL went. So, yeah. they're in the line for a running back and a tackle. Guess who has too many tackles and too many running backs? The Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. We have six tackles and we have six running backs. We will only sign four tackles and maybe five running backs, depending if one of our running backs is our kick returner. We've got something there to trade with. Um, Whether they go for that, I don't know. Two players may not be enough. We may need to throw in a fourth or a fifth round pick as well, just to sweeten it a bit. But even if we sign him, I don't I see it as a one-year rental. I don't think the Eagles can afford him. Yeah. Same reason the Cowbitches can't afford all their players. It's like You can't have too many good players who need to be paid under a salary cap. It's not possible. You only Every team has the same amount of money to pay these players. Someone yeah. is not going to get paid. Yeah, you can't have the big shots. This looks like he's not going to get paid. It looks like he's going to play out this season with the Houston Texans, leave as a free agent next year, test the waters next year. I don't see him being traded before next Saturday. 
that's big issue there with Houston Texans. I don't see him being traded. Mm. Um, there was a thing there. I don't know if you noticed it or not. It was mentioned maybe once, maybe twice. Don't know if you heard about him. The Colts quarterback, Andrew Luck. Oh. There was only mm-hmm. two thousand uh, articles yeah. within three hours of his Ooh. announcing his Ooh. retirement. You might Jeez. not have seen no. it. But um, big shout out here to the Colts fans who are massive, massively respectful people. He announces his retirement for health reasons. Says it's not about anything else. He's fallen out of love with the game. Four of the last five years he's been injured or in rehab and injuries. They still don't know what's wrong with him. He looked depressed in the press conference. He looked like he was fed up. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think he made the right decision. Yeah, body breaking down. Yeah, made his decision at Lucas Oil Stadium, the Colts home ground field. And the Colts fans, classy as they are, built the shit out of him. Scumbags. People like the Eagles fans. We'd never build a shit out of our quarterback. We played the Jags and we all cheered Nick Foles. Legend. Always so, be a legend. Big stocking. Yeah. Andrews Lucas finally run out. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Injuries. Injuries. What is that? I finally caught up to Andrew Luck. Jesus Christ. Literally, what? 2016, he played through, played through the pain barrier and he couldn't do it anymore to himself. When you had a, he missed the whole twenty seventeen season. Rib yeah. injuries, shoulder injuries, knee injuries, the law. And he was getting smashed. The, the he was getting him. hit. He was getting hit. Like there was MMA moves getting put on him. He yeah. was getting super yeah, flexed. Yeah, he's literally like getting like yeah, he's, he's carrying people. He's getting he's carrying one on his back. There's another fella hitting him a spear. This is American football. This fella is not getting five men protect this fella against four. And they can't do their job well enough to keep him on the field. Yeah. I've never seen someone, and this is not really on the organisation that have him now, because I love their young GM, Chris Ballard. Their head coach, Frank Reich, was the Eagles offensive coordinator that won the Super Bowl. Legend. Love him. The only issue there is, the old GM was an absolute dick. Ryan Grigson was the reason that Pat McAfee retired from the NFL. Yeah. He's an absolute dick. Wanted him out there, didn't want any social media presence of the team. Arsehole. He drafts Luck, which you could not draft Andrew Luck at the time. He's the only one you could draft. So he drafted Andrew Luck. Everything looks great. Doesn't give him an O-line. Nobody to protect the kid. Yeah. He gets absolutely beaten up. I think his first two or three seasons, 174 sacks he had. That's embarrassing. That's it. I think the amount of bleeding damage that you've taken. Actually, it may be 174 sacks in his career total. And, so still like, and still like 155 in his first three years mm. when Ryan Grigson was there as GM tap buying and moving these players around once we are being taken yeah. so recently Chris Ballard has been done okay he's got him a few tackles he drafted a guard two years ago he's made the Pro Bowl Quinton Nelson epic guard probably one of the best in the league very very physical but um, yeah I think the damage is done early in his career there's nothing that you can do now to a damaged quarterback and expect him to stand up and take that type of punishment anymore. It's no fun being paying through the pain. Like. No, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I live through the pain barrier. Of course you But do. yeah, we won't talk about that. We won't talk about your uh, broken down buddy yeah. on this podcast today. It's alright, we'll get there. That's it, fucking egg. <laughs> quick, quick name for you, Gronk. Oh, did he age up, is it? No. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski. Oh. Um, the ex-tight end who was the Pro Bowl Super Bowl winner with Tom Brady 
Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. There's rumours of his return to the NFL. And he has squashed them, kind of, by getting into CBD oil business. <laughs> he's uh, gone into the cannabis business. resin. He's gone. Oh, and in fairness, though, if he's coming back to the NFL. CBD oil is not cannabis resin. It's, uh, it's the non-psychoactive healing property, the healing uh, part of it. Go. Well, in fairness, if he is getting back in, that's a good little, That's why Nicky uh, smoked uh, before Jordan's uh, open workout a few days before the fight. Oh, well, there you go. So he cheated. No, because so it was non <laughs> Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, Although so Nick Diaz, his brother, <laughs> got fairly about seven <laughs> marijuana tests after every fight. Because he used to just like... He used to tell him, like, back on the stuff. Apparently, like, uh, they had a UFC crew filming like, a series and he was supposed to like, stop about two weeks out and like they were following around like for like you know the last three weeks and three, three days before the fight he's there like fucking smoking about seven joints in a row <laughs> just doesn't give a shit and I don't see Gronk returning to the NFL maybe for the playoffs you know Bill Belichick might have something up to sleep for the playoffs but, has he retired or what? he's retired yeah he's retired from the NFL he's dropped a shitload of weight his muscle is gone his uh, workouts have become party central and um, he's probably going to end up in WWE yeah, but you yeah. he, he appeared at WrestleMania before. He'll yeah. end up in the WWE before he gets back in the NFL. Yeah, but I think maybe you know your uh, career of NFL uh, takes its toll on the body. Ah, it does. Gronk, Gronk was a uh, half man, half machine. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was one of them. He wore the helmet. He wore the body pads, but he also wore elbow straps, knee straps, ankle straps. Mm-hmm. He was, he, he, his arm was basically bionic. You know, like he was yeah. taking so many hits over over the years. He was in bits. He was breaking down. That was as good as he was going to get, and I don't see him um, bringing that back, yeah. Anyway, the Raiders went 3-0 in pre-season, pre-season even. They were in a play in Canada. <laughs> Canada. Which turned out to be an absolute disaster. Why? Weather? Uh, they played on an 80-yard pitch. But it's a 100-yard field. <laughs> well, apparently due to logistic, uh, this logistical issues, uh, there was something Is going on. Is because of where they put the goalposts in, in CFL? Yeah. In the Canadian football? I think there's something to do with that, yeah. <laughs> so both teams decided with that and the state of the pitch not to play any starters. Good choice. Plus, the ticket sales, the tickets were like extortionate. And like literally, you know, it wasn't even half sold out. Oh, no one showed up because it was a mess. And basically, I, I think it's—I'm not sure the name of the paper, but they absolutely slated uh, the two teams, said it was the worst, the worst quality football they ever seen in their life, and that like the CFL was like on a different level to this shit. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways, the Oakland Raiders for Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl, right there. You heard of her first. Two and fourteen, or fourteen and two. Paul, you can't, you can't, you can't hang in the past. You know, the past, <laughs> the past is gone. Well, you've a new GM straight out of TV. You've got a new head coach who hasn't coached in ten years. You've got a wide receiver who's the biggest overpaid diva you'll see in the league since Terrell Owens. You've got. A running back who you drafted in the fourth round hasn't even appeared on Hard Knocks yet. He's obviously doing shit and they're trying to hide that. He's just he's just biding his time, you know what I mean? He's just you've, hiding. You've got a few psychopaths in your in your mitt. Ah, come Inco- on, Incognito. He's not he's not that bad. And Vonta's perfect. I'm waiting for the next episode where he just lights someone up in a preseason game and or even on his own team and just He's probably trying to cameraman, that's why. And probably gets thrown out, thrown off the team. Like disaster movies, is there? Is there going to be a war film for the whole season? 
and Derek Carr, little brown nose and Derek. Hi, coach. Yes, coach. Oh, Hi, yeah. coach. No, coach. He's a bit of a. I'll sit in the front seat, coach. Absolutely. Very annoying. Oh. He's very annoying. I was like, oh, this he's is not likable, isn't he? Not? No, he's very. And he's very condescending and a bit fake. And I hate that sort of person. Yeah. With a passion. Ugh. Now, he's no. Derek Carr is no Carson Wentz. But again, against the Ravens in preseason three for the Eagles, no Carson Wentz. Very few starters played. They might have played here and there. Um, but the biggest name that we got from that game was JJ Arcega Whiteside. What his name? That is it. Arcega. I don't have the Spanish tongue, so I'm not able to say it properly. But he's a beast wide receiver. We took him in the second round out of Stanford. Um, big, tall. One of these players, just like Alshon Jeffrey, that I explained in the last podcast, he stopped making them 50-50 balls where you just throw it up and hope your fella comes down, bro. Yeah. He started making them 80-20 balls. This kid looks like he can make them 100 balls. This kid looks like he can box out anybody yeah. and just go up and get it. He has a basketball frame, arms like airplane wings, like he's going up and getting shit. You would throw that out play and he might still catch it. <laughs> he's that good. He had eight catches on the night. Tom Boy, the backup quarterback, which we signed last week, the old guy, Josh McCown. Back in retirement. He just needed his reps. That's all it was. He just needed his reps. He was a bit ropey last week. He's got a full week under his belt with the with the new playbook. Threw two touchdowns, no interceptions. Very solid evening. Um, there was no standout, in fairness, in any of the running backs that played, but Corey Clement did get on the field. Him and Josh Adams did well. Josh Adams had a big catch for a... Uh, for a big uh, big catch on the night, but not a lot on the ground. Our running game looks a bit static at the minute, so that's not good playing against twos and trees. Considering that's what they're known for. Exactly, that's our big thing is to set up the big pass, is to get a good running game going. So hopefully that works yeah, out a bit better. Don't give it to defence any time. Yeah, just don't expect to see that in the fourth preseason game. Mm-hmm. I've absolutely nobody's playing. But um, yeah, well, no, my question is that. What day is the preseason game on? Is it after the cut or before the cut? Or? Before the cut. So the preseason game will be on Friday or Saturday, and the cut will be made after that game. All right. Yeah. So that's that'll be the thing. You won't be able to like say, "Oh, Jesus, we won't be able to play all the twos and trades in the fourth game." They'll get a final four games. That'll be the fourth game to get anything on film. Before and remember, it's too. not just for that one team. That's something on film in an Eagles jersey that they could send to all 31 other teams yeah. and say, look, you are weak at linebacker. You're weak at running back. You may need a wide receiver. Here's my film from the preseason. Here's the routes I run. Give me a try out. Let me see if I can make you a roster. Because yeah. once they're cut, they got to go into free agency and they're gone looking for teams again. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, there was a linebacker who I didn't know a lot about. We did take him as an undrafted free agent. But TJ Edwards... Boss of a game, seven tackles, um, very good linebacker play. Um, the Eagles look strong this year at linebacker. We lost a couple with not paying Jordan Hicks, um, a couple in to injuries, but we have a few in there. And TJ Edwards, one of our young group coming through, very big on depth. He better make that 53 man roster after that performance against the Ravens. The Ravens are a playoff team, yeah. massively run based team. Quarterback as well. Um, Trace McSorley was the backup quarterback, and he's a run-based quarterback. But the linebackers for the Eagles stood up very well. Saying that, we did lose 26-15. 
and the game was abandoned early fourth quarter due to lightning. Yeah, but let's be honest, their momentum was completely you know, with the Eagles. Oh, it was 26 nothing off the yeah. bat about halfway through the second quarter. Once after half time, the Eagles just woke the fuck up and just went out, changed the game plan, on. and we started flying. As soon as we got our second touchdown and our two point conversion, yeah, for two point conversion. the ref straight away went, Whoop. There's lightning in the area, let's just blow it as it is, we won't come back on the field. I was like, but, what a dick. But you know when you're going for two-point conversions, it's like, you mean business. You, yeah, right, exactly. The Eagles are like, you scored 26, we're going to score fucking 27. We're going to whoop you. Yeah. We're going to get you. And we were on our way, in fairness. Now, I'd still call it a nothing game. There's three quarters of twos and threes playing. Um, but from that, there was still no um, Fletcher Cox at practice. He should be okay listening to the defensive coordinator. Um, should be okay for week one against the Redskins. He, Fletcher Cox, he's a Pro Bowl defensive tackle, one of the big guys in the middle of the defensive line. Yeah, and I think he just has an ankle issue. It's just one of them. You don't want to risk it. Those guys are heavy. Oh yeah. If you overwork a sore ankle, you could snap that shit. Oh yeah. You could put, be in big issues. And yeah, then missing more. him is like missing two players in that line. He's yeah, a beast. More weight you have on the in your body, the ankles are gonna suffer. He's the big second stone. best player at that position in the whole NFL. So he's a big part of our defensive line. You can't miss him out. Yeah. Plus he has a funny surname, Cox. Yeah, big, big Cox. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Eagles also traded f- to our, um, for a safety, Rudy Ford from Arizona. Um, I think it's more for a depth thing. Uh, he's unlikely to make the 53 being traded for this late. Also a Hayes Pullard, the linebacker from the Chargers that we saw him briefly. Also, unnamed, unlikely to make the named 53-man roster for Saturday. But to get some game time, we'll get to see them up close and personal. And I don't mind these moves. Like, we know what we get from Asante Brown and the other lads. As like, they were all, they've been in the Eagles camp and never getting signed for years. They're just bodies. But we're trading for people there that have a shot. Bruce Hector was traded away with our depth at defensive tackle. As long as Fletcher Cox doesn't get injured. We're fine. We're very strong, very deep there. We're not going to keep any more than five. We might yeah. even only keep four because some of the defensive ends are big and they can play inside as well. Um, your favourite player that you might have heard one of the stories from, the rugby league player from Australia, Jordan Mailata, that signed for the Eagles. Still there, is he? Still there, still playing well, moving around the line. He didn't play in today's practice or yesterday's practice with lower back spasms. So hopefully that doesn't keep him out of the fourth preseason game and he gets. Well, you good weren't too impressed with him in the fourth game. No, he was much better in the second game. He was good against the Ravens as well in the third game. I have to say, protected yeah. him well. Yeah, the few... used to it's uh, NFL compared to rugby league is much more structured. Rugby yeah. league is chaos. And preseason, the pe- defenders are trying everything and anything. It's not structured defense. It's just uh, throw a fella out there that can spin. Throw a fella out there that can run. Throw a fella out there that can. The real game, you're facing their main left end against you as a right tackle. She's not trying anything. He's not trying yeah, anything. Yeah. You know his game. You know what he's going to do. He's a lot on tape over the years. He's not He's not bound to change anything yeah. and show you something new. Whereas if you're playing against twos, threes and fours that aren't likely to make the roster, they're going to try something new, try something different, just to flash to their coaches. Yeah, Look, so, oh, so. What did he do? Oh, yes. Oh, he did well. And then something outside the box. Something different, yeah. You're not going to see a lot of that in the regular season. You'll just get high quality, consistent, 100% of the time. That guy's going to run the shit through you. And you have to stand up to that and take it. Yeah. Now, in fairness, he's, he's looked very good in run plays, as you would with a rugby league fella. For run blocking, he's been excellent. 
pass blocking. He's a bit stiff, but he should be okay. Yeah, now, I think exactly. the, I think moving him to right tackle might just be the making of him though, because he did play that force game left tackle. Then he swung over to right tackle. He wasn't great, but um, we did draft a tackle in the fourth round this year. Andre Dillard. He played left tackle. There's a highlight reel showing the perfect pocket, and it was from the Eagles' offensive line given to Josh McCown for one of the touchdown throws. Yeah. It was brilliant. Dillard, there was Halapula Valley Voitoy, um, Jordan Mailata, um, there was... The old New Zealand guys, Simone guys. Yeah, Isaac Saimalu. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah, Stefan Wisniewski is the centre. they rugby crossovers as well? They would have been the likes of Tonga and Samoa and yeah. Hawaii, but they'll go to school in America and the American yeah. collegiate system. And then they'll be drafted into the NFL yeah. for their physical attributes. That's what happens in New Zealand as well. They take all those players as well. And that's what I'm telling you. Yeah, that's what happens. New Zealand the best team in the world. That's, what I'm that's exactly what happened. And then a bit of a good story here, which is, they say a good story, a bit of a laugh. The Eagles uh, offered their five offensive linemen who started the Super Bowl. They offered them the chance to go on the ESPN magazine's The Body Issue. You heard about that? Yeah, naked, yeah. Yeah, the five Eagles players are going to pose nude. And that releases on the 6th of September. Me and Dion's anniversary on the 7th of September. So if I fuck up between now and then, that's a possible anniversary present. Paul, Paul's looking forward to that magazine issue for more than one reason. Oh yeah, of course I am. Yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Just love seeing Lane Johnson in the nick. Absolutely. Now, I want to see if any of them have any weird tattoos in any places that we've never heard of before. <laughs> Which have any expectations for uh, the Eagles this year? Any expectations? Well, you know me as a diehard fan, I think we'll go 8-8. Eight eight. Bollocks! No. 11-5. Um, We're going to win the division. Contenders or, or oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely Super Bowl contenders. So I'm going to the Week 9 game. Well, who league. are you playing? We're playing Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Week 9. Paul will be on TV getting arrested or throwing a beer at a Bears fan. That's it, yeah. Wearing you know, a double doink t-shirt. That would be it. interesting. Exactly, yeah. The antagonising guy in the crowd. That'll, that'll be him. Definitely me. Singing the fight song. And if some cunt sings it before we kick the extra point, I will scream at them like I did at Wembley. I don't know what the fight song is, but you know. We're not going to say on this I'll podcast. teach you the Eagles fight song. You can sing it when you're watching the Raiders. That's true, yeah. Yeah, because the Raiders are going to be tanking after like four weeks and they're going to be trying to get rid of people before the trade deadline. So when the Raiders are 4 and we'll be like, oh yeah. When the Raiders are 2-14, I'll be like, oh, so, Bucko, who are you supporting no, in the playoffs? No chance. And you'll be like, anyone against the Eagles? And tell you now. They have too many uh, good players to be 2-14 uh, this year. The Eagles, I know, yeah. Well, no. The Raiders, the Raiders are an absolute hot mess. You're joking. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're like, a, you're like a stew with a lot of random shit thrown in. Nah. You're like, that doesn't work. Sure, if 8 and happens, then you know what I mean? There's always it's an improvement Raiders. on last year. But yeah, it's not going to happen. I don't see it's doing it very well. So, Eagles for the playoffs. Raiders tanking for the top 10 pick. That's it. That's the prediction. So I won't embarrass you anymore with the NFL and the Eagles talk. What are we talking about next? Next, Paul, we're going to talk about the greatest sport in the world. Horse the racing? Best sport in the world. Horse racing? No, not horse racing. The fuck, Bucko. What can come on, it be? Come on. It's cricket. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah, that's right. Cricket. Were you watching the Ashes there, Paul? No? <laughs> oh, you're being serious? No. Um, the only thing yeah no he wasn't watching he wasn't no. watching so I'll fill it in for all those people that don't watch cricket you know what I mean just get off the podcast right now I mean go home you know what I mean drink yourself to sleep please stay this will only be a minute and a half 
a money mess, you know what I mean? You're going to send us a fiver for a bag of cans. That's more what than What you don't see is me holding a sword up the buckos neck, yeah. telling people <laughs> to get the fuck. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, anyways, we're going to talk about all sports. That's why it's called Shit Sports Podcast. And I don't mean cricket. That name will be changed in the future. Shit Post Sports Podcast minus cricket. <laughs> <laughs> sports is sports. Paul doesn't think uh, cricket is a sport, but you know. How can it be a sport? Men who This are is a guy that fucking watches darts. Plays darts play as darts. well. That's no sport though. It is. How is it? You tell me how you tell me how people wearing full pads, a helmet, gloves, everything, smashing a ball who gets thrown out of eighty miles an hour with a wooden stick and that cricket ball's heavy into a crowd full of people who are drunk in t shirts and shorts and no protection is a sport. Uh, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> that, that sounds like a dirt contest. <laughs> okay, let's see. We'll wear all the protection and we'll let the crowd just get a smack it, of the ball. It's a know. game of skill. No, game it isn't. High, high level skill. No, it isn't. It's tougher than all these other Some sports. of the cunts forget to stand in front of the sticks and they're just hitting the stick and you're like, oh, why didn't he, why didn't he hit the ball? And you're like, oh, he left it. It's a tactic. No, he's a bowler. You've got to learn the intricacies of the game. He's fucking everything. On a, on a podcast in the near future, we will go through the rules of the game. That no. will probably be the least listened to a podcast ever, but... We don't have 90 seconds to no. waste. No, no. <laughs> anyways, anyways, the Ashes are on at the moment. That is Australia versus England. For anyone who doesn't know, for all you peasants out there that haven't learned about cricket. Basically, this game, England entered the game. They were 1-0 down. Second game was drawn. They lost the first game really badly. Stephen Smith, Australia's best player, scored like literally a century in every innings. That was four, four nearly. But yeah, uh, Joffrey Archer hit him in the head. Joff. Joffrey Archer. He's a West Indian guy. Nice for Oh, great. Talk about immigration. Well, yeah. They, 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 they skirted a rule where it was five years to gain, uh, gain status, but then he changed for three years. Then all of a sudden he played in the World Cup. England won the World Cup. As well, so yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a weird situation. But hey, you have Owen Morgan, captain of the England winning cricket side. He was the Ireland captain. Well, he wasn't the Ireland captain. I don't know if he had a captain or him. But he's Irish, no? Owen he's Morgan. Irish, but at the same time, you can make a professional cricket uh, career as an Irish player because they played five times a year. Oh, we part time. Yeah, you wouldn't have played like a grand a year. Oh. <laughs> so you yeah. know. So we're like the yeah. So we're geez, So if you wanted to have a career, basically, you had to go to England, you know. Tonko. Not join, a chance. Joining the Tans. Not a Crick. chance. Join and the Tans. Traitor. Ireland Don Morgan is the what? He captained England to the World Cup. So he's England captain now. Tan. Captain England. Tan. He has the most amount of games for England. Tan. The leading run scorer for England. Still a tan. And for five years was career, he was an Ireland player. You know what I mean? And he's the best. England cricketer in one day cricket he doesn't play test cricket though anyway test cricket test cricket five days oh my god five days of absolutely enthralling like fantastic play of cricket that's what it is Paul it is not it is Paul secretly watches it he just he's you know coming at an angle coming at an angle of um, no five days is too long for a game to be a draw and no winner well didn't you say the second game was a draw? It was, yeah, because the rain, Paul, you know. The weather. Why don't you play in the rain? Have you ever sports played in the rain? Because uh, it affects the pitch and the... Uh, so, isn't it, that tactics? No, 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 slipping all over the place, you know what I mean? 
The yeah, ball lands in a puddle, you know what I mean? So why can't the fielders wear golf cleats? Something like that. They were in the field. Yeah, but a grip. No chance. Footballers playing the rain. Anyway. Horse racing is on the rain. Back to Ben motherfucking Stokes. Rory. Is that rain in the middle there? Ben Stokes. <laughs> Basically. Where's he from? He's from New Zealand, but yeah. We won't get into that either. Another foreigner. Fuck's sake. Don't worry, only like eight of the eleven is from a different country. It's <laughs> <laughs> so three real Englishmen. I hope they do well. Yeah. But anyways, uh, England got bowled for sixty-seven in the first innings after Australia made one hundred and seventy-six, uh, and but basically England uh, took uh, Australia's best player out with like dropped uh, the ball, gave him a concussion. I think I've seen that. Was that not on the neck or something? Was it? Yeah, hit him in the neck, and then his replacement got. That hit was in, cricket. Yeah, his replacement got hit in the head. As well, but he didn't get a concussion. Although, so is this like baseball? You just target people? No, no, no. It's bouncer. It's like a legitimate tactic. So if someone bounces it, you put your hands up to protect yourself, and if it hits your hand and goes up in the air, it's a catch. You know, and then you're out. So if it hits your hand and goes in the air, the, f- the other team can catch it and you're out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Only if your hands on the bat though. All right. Yeah. So can you swat it away with your other hand? And no, happens? no, no. You giving out then it will be. It's like uh, it's unreal where you're not allowed to do that. You say you went for a fly and accidentally hit the ball. <laughs> I don't think it works like that. If you're playing outside, it's flies. No, no. Shite sport. Like Great sport. Ugh. Anyways, Paul, Paul, you know, talking rubbish at man. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Ben Stokes, England's hero of uh, basically the summer. Singer Hanley won England the World Cup by himself. Thought you said there was 11 people on the team. Yeah, but they were all letting him down. And he literally... Is he the Messi of cricket now, or the Ronaldo of cricket? Well, of especially, yeah, uh, what's anyway. called that uh, moment where he, he, two years ago, got charged with a fray, which is basically a fight. But he's protecting two gay people who were getting attacked by these two people. And he knocked those two people out cold. Oh, fair play. And he got arrested and he got charged and went to trial. And he got, he got dropped. And he got exiled from the England team. Oh, this is his comeback moment. Yeah, this is it. This is it. It's meant oh. to be. So he got found not guilty. He ended up missing the last ashes because of this. Got, oh, yeah, because yeah, it was, uh, you know, they couldn't let him play while the troll was pending. This on every year? Two years, yeah. Two years now. 18 months. Because uh, the Australian summer is in December. Oh, so you skip it. summer is in... Uh, July. So you have every second one changes to the other country. Yeah. So they have home advantage. Yeah, yeah, in the summer then. So basically, yeah, he came back, won the World Cup for them. And then, then all of a sudden, won the old Ashes game. I said uh, Australia winning 1-0. It's a five-game series, so Australia won the first. Or Australia, they have the Ashes at the moment. So that means they won the last Ashes, I think it was 5-0. So they smashed England last time. But if it's a draw, they retain it. Because that's just... No winner, yeah. Yeah. So they keep it. So basically, if uh, if Australia were going to so win... So is that the third one that he won? So you said there was one as a win, one as a draw, and then the England had to win. Yeah, so it's one all. Yeah, one all, and only two left to play? Yeah. Thank Christ. Yeah, two left to play. But if they lost, then they were gone, and it was over. You know... Because it would have been 2-0 with two games to go. Oh, because of the draw, they couldn't have came back and won. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
And anyways, England were given like the bookies had them like I think Australia at one point were like a one to one hundred, something crazy. And uh, yeah, then uh, England looked like they were making their way back. They were all over the place. Then literally had no wickets left, one wicket left. Then Jack Leach, the king, came to the crease. He sounds Irish as well. No, I don't think he is. Oh, I think okay. he's English. But then Stokes turned into 2020 mode. And he's like, I'm going to start hitting sixes. Because everyone was on the boundary. He started hitting it over everybody. And literally, at, at what score were they? They were 286 for nine. They needed to get to 360 to win with one wicket. So he just started smashing sixes. So he was the only man left then? Him yeah. and the other fella Him each? The, yeah. So one, if one of them were out, they were done. Done, yeah. Basically, yeah. it's a thing called stranded. Stranded means like you ran out of batting partners. It means you weren't out, but like everyone else was. Anyways, uh, they ended up winning just about with two runs left. Leach was almost run out by uh, Nathan Lyon, who was a spinner. He, he grabbed the, he went to grab the ball, missed it, and hit the stumps, but the ball was gone. And he so won his the, hands hit the stumps, yeah. and the ball wasn't with him. And he would have lost by uh, one run, England. Then the very next ball, then uh, Nathan Lyon balled it. It would have been LBW. The umpire gave it not out. But on the replay, it was going to hit the stumps. It was going to hit middle stump. And they didn't challenge? Can you no, challenge? No, they, they, uh, they gave her, they used their review the, the over before. Oh, okay. On a terrible decision. Literally, it was like never going to be out. And the Australian that uh, was commentating, Ricky Ponton, legend. He was like, he was like, it's their own fault. It was a terrible decision to review in the last over because you get two reviews every innings, and if you waste them, then they're you know, gone. Yeah, like challenges in the NFL. Yeah, you get three challenges every time you lose when you lose a timeout. Yeah, yeah. But well, yeah, but it was so so bad that he was fuming. He was fuming. You can tell he was fuming, but he wasn't gonna start like complaining about it because at the same time it was Australia's fault. Was this big news? Yes, it was. All right. How mental it was. You are. Well, no, the whole everybody. Sport. Sport. Well, <laughs> cricket aficionados. No, right. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. End up scoring the winning runs, win the game for them. They uh, had a what a seventy-four run partnership. I think it was. Seventy-four. Seventy-six. Yeah, seventy-six. Jack Leach scored one run. <sighs> Ben Stokes scored 74 <laughs> of those runs. So basically... He yeah, he basically bossed his part. Done everything, yeah. Anyways, that leaves the ashes wide open going into the fourth test match. It's game on. Paul will be watching keenly, uh, of course. He loves yeah, his cricket. You're the only person in the world that wants England or Australia to win a game that no one else watches. Well, the ashes are sort of like... Are you for the tans? Oh, I am. Oh. Although Paul Collins. Absolute torn coat. Paul Collins with tans. He's in the 1980s and the 100s here. They're tans. Yeah, I mean. I'm just, I'm just a live and let live type of guy. Well, I had a fucking inkling that you'd bring out cricket during this podcast. Because we've done our prep work on it. <laughs> we. Oh, sorry, oi. <laughs> I wrote one line horse racing linked to the cricket result. Paul Nichols, horse racing trainer, has secured the name. For a horse, one three five not out. What's that mean? It means the score that Ben Stokes finished on. Oh, I thought you got seventy five. 
No, in the Square. partnership. He oh, saw it okay. time. He was already on 60. 60, yeah. Mm. And plus, when he came into bat, he was two off 70 balls. And then I think he finished off 135 off, like, you know, 200 balls. was being decided smashing it all over the place. You know, literally, like, everyone was on the boundary and he's like, just hitting it over them. And they, they were all, like, jumping up and they almost got caught, like, six times. But, yeah. Crazy. Just kept, just kept smashing it. Oh, he's like, he's like, uh, I have to go for it. I was like, if you keep blocking them, we're going to get out. So I was like, yeah. Eventually, yeah. He's like, going to win it. It's like, I'm going to win it. So, yeah. Ben Stokes, especially after his uh, trial where he got railroaded by the prosecution trying to be give him like four years and stuff. Trying to like, charge him like assault and stuff. Like trying to like, get serious charges on him. But like, yeah, it didn't happen. He ended up getting acquitted. So... Anyways, that's a big redemption story. That's the quickest segment. Done. Thank Christ. Well, we'll get yeah. off the cricket and Christ, we'll move on to rugby. They yeah, wanted to the rugby anyways. Just a few weeks before the start of the World Cup on the 20th of September, Ireland are in the worst form of their life. They got smashed 57-15 in a record defeat by England. It's embarrassing. 57-15? Yeah. We stopped watching at 33.10. What the fuck happened? Yeah, terrible. Absolutely shocking. Jeez, Jacob Stockdale, for what I saw for the first half, fell for everything. Every dummy inside came in too tight, too close to the centres, left the man out wide every time. So, yeah, you played like Italy. Just like kamikaze, just running out of the line. Instead of keeping that line, you know, keeping the defence tight. When you run out of that line, you leave a gap. Terrible. Anyways, on to being uh, Conor Murray, one of Ireland's best players. Looked like he got knocked out, which isn't a good thing to have a concussion. Oh, great. What's it, in three weeks at the start of the World Cup and he's oh, concussed? Yeah. Three weeks out, yeah. Oh, great. So, Keane Healy went off as well. Yeah, he's a sick note as well. <laughs> so, he's always getting injured. Yeah. But on a broader note, Ireland all year have been absolutely shocking. After beating New Zealand for the first time, uh, last year, that form is just absolutely nosedive, which is concerning going into the World Cup. I don't give them much chance this year, but hopefully they do well. Hopefully they rise to the occasion because uh, they've been awful. Do we know who's in our group? Or is that yet to be drawn? I do not know. I have not checked that out, Paul. I don't I, know. <laughs> I'm also afraid to check because if we play someone shy and they beat us, that'll be embarrassing. I know there's someone terrible in the group, but yeah. That has to be, doesn't it? The fourth yeah. tier of shy. Yeah, we're guaranteed one win anyway, so that's something. Well, I didn't get a phone call, so I doubt that the thing, the fingless team are going to show up and play. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to be that good. Jesus. Anyway, that's uh, that's it for the in-depth rugby analysis yeah. of um, the week. I even had the score wrong. Because I thought I couldn't get it any worse at 33.10. And finished 57.15. That's... That's grand. She'll just turn it off anyways. Rubbish. Ugh. Get away from me. Now we'll get... We'll get over the fact that the Tans beat us in Tanland and rugby. And we'll move on to the UFC. That's a Paul's a real patriot. Yeah. Fight night 157 on the upcoming card. And Bellator. What yeah. do you have, Buckley? Well, Paul, I was waiting for your in-depth analysis. Oh, well, you're, but, the, you know, you're, the, you're the expert. But, but we'll, uh, we'll leave it off on me. Anyways, on this battle tour, I had 14 fights. All 14 fights finished inside the distance. Not one of them went to the scorecard. All KOs and submissions. All submissions. KOs and submissions, yeah. Leading off with the main event, Matt Mitrione fought Sergei Karatonov in a rematch 
the first match uh, ended after 15 seconds where Matt Mijon kicked him in the balls and uh, literally Karatonov had to go to the hospital because uh, I think he was pissing blood and his balls were like you know, in his stomach somewhere. That's a shout out to the cup companies. That's yeah. very well. But yeah, imagine like, like, oh yeah, he could get knocked out but then there's like, oh, he could lose a ball. It's actually has been uh, fighters who uh, perforated their uh, testicle. Had to go oh, for like emergency surgery. Oh, that's like in training, like you know, just like kicking the balls. Please tell me you don't have a photo to show me of that. No, no. Oh, good. No. Last week, all we were getting was eyeballs and ferrets no. hanging out. No. Oh no! But I haven't shown you. You know, uh, Michael Bisping. Yeah. He has a prosthetic eye from. Uh, he has a detached retina. Oh yeah. And he used to he used to memorize like uh, the eye test so he could pass the test because he's blind. Yeah. Really blind. This is like his last seven fights of his career. No way. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, something new every day. Fake, fake yeah. Because yeah. uh, he was doing an interview last week for his book. He just released a book. And uh, the interviewer said, uh, well, they were interviewing him. He took out his, uh, his prosthetic eye and just showed it to him. And the man was like, almost getting sick. He was like, like what? how did you fight with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, anyways. He was a tan, though, as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Bisping is a legend. But he was a tan. English, I know. Tan. Oh, this tannism was <laughs> Your tannism. That's it, it's disgraceful. <laughs> I had to ban that word from the podcast. <laughs> I'll ban you. That's <laughs> uh, a disagreement falling in between the two hosts. I'll bottle you. Where they can. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we start off from the top. Matt Mitrion fighting in the rematch against uh, Karatonov. He's a quicker, better athlete, you know. Faster. You know... Better jab. He's doing well. He's doing well. But there was one problem. His mouthpiece kept falling out. And Borgers kept spitting it. No, no. Apparently, two days before the fight, he lost his mouthpiece, and he had to get a new mouthpiece. I had to get one fitted. Yeah. And it wasn't wasn't set. It wasn't right. set right. And he kept spitting out. Kept spitting out. And the f- three times in the first round, the ref um, warned him. It's like I'm gonna take a point if it happens again. Anyways, into the second round. The fighting. The fighting. You know. Going back and forth, it's pretty pretty uh, level fight. Then he drops it again. But as he dropped it, uh, as he's fighting without it, Karatonov lands a knee and drops him and finishes him. Well, there's been mouthpieces out and uh, TKOs him. But like, uh, would that have happened without it? Who knows? Because he can't clench a jaw. Like, did he lose sight of where the fire was? Did it come out? Did he follow the mouthpiece? Changes. Like- no, I think because. Uh, if you're fighting with a mouthpiece, you're, you know, you're clenched. You know, you're clenched, clenched against yeah. that mouthpiece. But if you well, if you don't have a mouthpiece, you're going to open your jaw, you know? Your teeth are going to be like a letterbox. Yeah, so you're going to open it. And you're just, you know, you're not clenched ready to take that shot. So you got need, you've got TKO's in the main event anyways. But, uh, yeah, it was a good fight, but uh, Mitchie on. Yeah, needs to get a proper mouthpiece. It's amateur hour anyways, you know, you need to be prepared for this shit. Losing your mouthpiece like two days for a fight. What are you doing? Doesn't make any sense. Anyways, on to the co main event. Vitaly Minikov star, yeah. starts as Timothy Johnson. That was the easy one for you, wasn't it? Timmy, yeah. Timmy Johnson? Vitaly Minikov isn't the worst of the L Russians, anyways. Yeah. It's, it's not too bad. But Tim Johnson was supposed to fight someone else on the prelim card. He took the fight on. Three hours notice, he's supposed to fight someone else. And three hours before the fight, he got moved to the co-main event against like an absolute beast. 
got got knocked the fuck out. I bet he's regretting that decision. He could have fought like a low fella that he could have built, beat. Built his character. Could have beat. Could have beat. Instead, he got a concussion and uh, smashed. And so. maybe a bit more money, but was it worth it in the long haul? Probably not. I wouldn't say so because he'd be on the same contract. I don't think he got paid anymore. No. I wouldn't say so. Why would you take the loss then? Jesus. Yeah. And there was what? Alejandra, Lara. She was the one that uh, sent that photo says, uh, on her arse. So said, eat clean, bro. Oh, yeah. You don't eat it clean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eat some arse, Yeah. But then, uh, yeah, she was like salsa dancing into the cage and everyone was like, Twitter was going mental for her. Yeah, because of her fighting ability, of course. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. What yeah. to do with her? Nothing to do with a big hoop. Big ass booty, you know? Nothing to do with that at all. Anyways, was it as big as mine? Bigger of all, of course. No way. Paul has a Nicki Minaj on him, you know what I mean? But, you know. We sent but mine is real, so. Yeah. That's true, mine yeah. We, don't worry, we'll post them on Twitter, anyways. <laughs> yeah, everyone can see. Comparison and, photos. Yeah. Anyways, on to Paul's you know, dirty talk. You know, Paige Van Zandt, you ever heard of her? No. No. Did oh. you do porn? No, no. First in the UFC, Boer husband, uh, Austin Vanderford, he's a beast. He's going to 8 0. He won by TKO. He's doing well. But uh, I reckon he'd be like a real top fighter in the, in the future. And then, uh, where, where are we now? Oh, yeah. You talking about pronouncing names, Paul? Yaroslav Asmanov. Asmov. Yeah. He probably butchered it. He went to 22 and 0. I highly doubt Yaroslav Asmanov Osmov is watching this and yeah. listening to this podcast. So yeah, you're okay. I'll just rip the piss out of you, bro. Yeah. I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah. So I'm just waiting I'm just going through, yeah. 22 and 0, anyways. 22 and 0, isn't lost in 22 fights. That's impressive. Who's he fighting? Hobos outside the card? No, he's doing well. He's doing well. He's fighting high level now in, Europe, in the Bellator. Alright. Decent level, anyways. Yeah, well, yeah. 22 and 0. That's the only thing to note with that one. We'll move quickly on to. Ricky Bandeos. <laughs> bandito. Bandeos. He's a bandito. <laughs> well, basically, his KO was the replica of Conor McGregor against Aldo. Oh, yeah? Where, Clean. Where, where the opponent ran in, he stepped away with the left hook, fell over, hammer fist. It was literally the exact same. It was creepy. Like That was just so similar. This is the fellow that KO'd James Gallagher, which is the face of Irish MMA Bellator. Yeah. Which he's fighting in the main event of the Bellator I'm going to in uh, Dublin. Oh, there you go. They keep giving them fucking squash matches, though. The only squash match he didn't fight was against a man who knocked him out. But yeah. They're trying to build him up. And... Yeah, that's because uh, John Kavner, uh, SPG fella, he's a. Uh, McGreg- McGregor's in, trainer. Yeah, he's in with Bellator, but yeah. They, they're they all like, you know, aligned with each other. Yeah. Then we have James Haskell, you heard of him? Didn't he play rugby? Yeah, he's joined Bellator. He's it's the fight. exact same fella. He's going to fight, yeah. He's a tan. Yeah. He used to play for the rugby team, eh? Yeah, yeah, same fight. fella? Yeah, he's going to fight, yeah. What do you mean he's going to fight? Yeah, no, he's going to fight. He's signed for Bellator. And he's going to make his MMA debut. <laughs> make sure I don't miss this. Mm. Please. Because what happens is, when something like this happens, they usually give them a gimme force match, and they still somehow lose. Oh. Do you remember seeing Punk's debut? Oh, he's showy. Yeah, no, but they gave him a gimme in the fourth one and he still lost. And you're like, okay, you're going nowhere in this company. But he has literally, he had literally no skills, so it's yeah. always going to go that way. Haskell, I think he's been training for six years. Okay. So I think he should do all right. But yeah, we'll see. They're yeah. going to give him a squash match anyway. They're going to give him someone off the street, street like El Nando's or something. Having a chicken. I'll give him a hiding. 
few ankle bites. Over the course of the kneecap. You really? Weighing in at 400 pounds, 5 foot 3. Oh, broken elbow from McEnroe. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Colin shapes he is. Anyways, uh, Nick Newell won by arm triangle. Do you know who Nick Newell is? No. No. This guy has one arm. He won by arm triangle and he has one arm. One arm. Just past the elbow. <laughs> so he has a stub. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hair. Did the fella he be have two arms and two legs? Yeah. He's <laughs> he 14 and 3, Paul. How is the fella he be? Who are the people he's beating? Why is he just switching music no, and people with one Because he's learned how to use his arm. The last thing stone. I was seeing that was that funny was the Madden thing where Shaquem Griffin, the one armed NFL player, um, catches an interception with his little arm. <laughs> in the game and it's a glitch and he runs down the pitch one handed with the ball on his on the end of his elbow <laughs> that was good crack but um, yeah no really yeah one arm yeah I'm going to have to look up this fella yeah he's an amputee uh, oh, no, from he, war no, or no, from congenital was congenital oh, amputee oh, okay yeah so basically four even I think he's like yeah 14 wins four losses three losses something like that but yeah fair play to him like I mean like one arm, Jesus. One arm, beating all these people. Arm. Yeah, takes a lot of balls. Say, very proud of them. I thought that was the best thing because, like, here, listen, this is a feel good story. See something like that down well. It's always good stuff. Yeah, of course. And then, anyways, enough for Battle Tour. You know what I mean? It wasn't the best event, but you know, entertaining nonetheless. Hey, if you if you watch Battle Tour, you didn't know any of the fighters, and you got fourteen fights, and all of them were finished. Can't here, really ask if you went chance. to those fights. You got absolute fucking value for money. That's what, that's what you want to see. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, Dave was talking about the twenty-one points when we we're going. Dave is Booker's brother. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Shout yeah. out to Dave. We Dave might be on the podcast. Hopefully, get you on soon. Possibility, along with Sean, the old flavor Sanchez. Yeah, good shout out to Sean too. But anyways, yeah, there's twenty-one points on that card, and when I was talking to Dave, I was like, "It's gonna be mismatch city." Said he's like, "That's what you want. A lot of KOs." Oh yeah, you want to see people bleeding on the ground? You want to see people knocked out? If you if you pay for money, if you pay money for tickets, like you want like you know entertaining fights. Yeah, you don't want gay mud wrestling for for fifteen minutes on the on the mat. It's called Three, five minute rounds of hugging each other. It's called MMA, Paul. But you know, I know, but still, know, don't get your stereotypical. Still, stereotypes. So, I, I, I come from the boxing background I want to see strikes I come from the main streets of England you know yeah I, mean? I want to see strikes you don't want to see someone wrestling anyways I want to see flying overhand hooks absolutely <laughs> absolute wild windmill shots yeah you know uh, Ka- cool hand Luke Campbell was against Lomachenko this weekend be good for you. Uh, that would be good crack yeah I'm going to watch that can't we I'm off for it I get to watch Lomachenko's going to pick him apart. Of course, it was on a different level. Yeah, Best boxer in the world. Luke Campbell's overrated. Very good in the Olympics, but yeah, has good, he been pushed? Good job, it's better. Yeah, he's been pushed. So that's one time we can think of that's going to lose. Can we agree on some? That's it. And there we go. <laughs> no way. Lomachenko, no, no. bet the weekend. He's not going to lose. He's going to get battered. Yeah, Lomachenko, big bet. Anyways, on to the UFC, we have Jessica Andrade versus... Willa A. Zhang, I think, how you pronounce it? Just call her Willy. Willy Zhang. call her Willy. The Chinese woman. Oh, okay, that's a bit abusive then. <laughs> I'll take back my Willy comment. <laughs> <laughs> I should have got from the Zhang bit that she might have been Chinese. 
Jessica Andrade just won the title versus Rose Namajunas. She slammed her on the head, knocked her out cold. Is that the one where she gave her like a back tombstone? That's the one, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think caused some, cause some neck problems for uh, Rose Namajunas, but hopefully she's alright. It's her own fault for going for the arm. Yeah, yeah, she could, should have braced herself and yeah. rolled through. But anyways, uh, I think the Chinese woman, Zhang, will uh, get it done. She's oh yeah? Just, yeah, I think new champion in China. China, of Chinese course. people, Chinese girl gonna win in China. Yeah, I think she's like seventeen and one, and she lost her been uh, her debut. So she's seventeen and zero since her loss. Is she karate based or? Uh, that's a bit racist, is it? No, a bit expectant. No, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not overly uh, familiar with her. You know what I mean? Just having uh, done my. Uh, Complete homework on her. I've only seen her UFC fights where she seems to be like an all-round uh, MMA fighter. Oh, okay. So she's not well. just kicks. No, no, yeah. She's great standing as well. So I think it'd be okay. a good fight. But I think uh, she's 7-5 as well. So I might put a few bob on her. A few quid on her. You're actually going to bet on this one? Not yeah, yeah. Put 10 on. Put 10 on. I was just saying about West Ham. Something to watch. I didn't know it's your own fault not betting on West Ham. Jack Wilshere, that's why. <laughs> Wilshere. Exactly. Anyways, on to the other fight. The Leeches versus... Aleski Dos Santos. These two... That lads. isn't even close. Lee Jang Lang. The Leech is... LSU Zaleski Dos Santos. The Leech is his nickname and... Is that because no one can pronounce his name? No, it's, it's just not his even nickname. a hard one. He looks, he looks like a Leech. Oh, he's mad looking. Weird teeth and all, sorry. Yeah. Can you bite in the UFC? No. What's happened? Weird teeth got there around? This mad called Leech. Yeah, it's just mad looking. Yeah, yeah. Crazy <laughs> bastard, yeah. He's anyway, Chinese he's, though, is he? Yeah. He's just a big KO merchant. He just goes... Swing, swing, hooks. And the other fella's called Dos Santos. He's Brazilian then, isn't he? Yeah. So that's the same thing. The two, the co-main event and the main event is Brazil against China. Exactly, it's like a war. Are they big fucking, like... No, I think... Fighting a, countries that, like, you know what happens like is have I champions and... They just... They send over a few, uh, like, some of certain countries, they send over a few, it just happens like it's that. It's more of a keep the camp together type thing. Yeah, something like if that. If it's yeah. in China, you want... Oh, uh, will you find one Brazilian? Bring yeah. four or five of them so that they all seem okay. Yeah, yeah, so it's sort of like that mentality, you know. Anyway, it should be a good fight. God knows who the hell is going God knows who I think is going to win, but should be, be a great expecting fight. a war? Oh, absolutely. It's just going to start swinging. It's going to be fantastic. Dos Santos is higher level, but Leeds just box office. He's just like entertaining every fight. Winner He's all or nothing. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So we might see a windmill hook after all. Duck down to his knee, swing a right overhand, <laughs> yeah. hope for the best. <laughs> exactly, you probably will see it, to be honest with you. Should we go on? Yeah, there we go. So that... nice. A few uh, a few fights that have just been announced as well. James Vick is against uh, Nico Price. Those two, literally, I was just going to say, weak chains is a uh, description. Basically, so... you can't take it. Well, James Vick has been starched about three or four times, three times out cold. Nico Price been stopped a good few times as well, so this is about, you know, who can take a punch. James Vick is better, but, God, I wouldn't bet on someone with no chin, tell you that. And he doesn't have a Is Amir Khan in this? No, Amir Khan has a better chin than him, I'd say. <laughs> That's saying something. Yeah. seen him glassed by a fellow from up the north. Disaster movie. Oh, yeah, he's terrible. Well, he's not terrible, he's just, you know, the ability to take a punch is just gone. And the other good fight is Mark Diacasey versus Lando Venata. That's at uh, UFC Copenhagen, Copenhagen next month. I'm looking forward to that one. 
for all our Danish people out there, he said Copenhagen. <laughs> That's it, yeah. That's it. I wish I could be there. I'll catch us Liverpool. That's it. If anyone, anyone wants to buy me tickets, that'd be great. Was yeah. that going to be a bomber of a fight or you just want to go abroad for free? No, it's a bomber of a fight. Oh, well, I wouldn't go. mind going abroad for free either. It'd be great. Might win the Euro Millions we get we get over there. Absolutely. Then we have uh, Darren Till versus Kelvin Gaston at Middleweight. That's the Liverpool dope, isn't it? Yeah. Tan. What are you talking about, say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like... That was how was, he, was he not smashed in the last fight? He got knocked out by your horse, George Masvidal. Ah, Jesus! Yeah, Jorge Masvidal. He's gonna, he's gonna go fight Nate Diaz. That'll be hope. Yeah, well, the king is talking. You know, obviously gonna win. No, easily. No, easily. No, Gangster George is gonna come smash him. No, he's not gonna get smashed. Gangster George gonna whoop him. Yeah, he's gonna yes. bastard. Little bitch asshole. <laughs> I said, Joel, you're going to be on a podcast in 2022. I didn't say that. <laughs> What's happening with Tanland? What's he doing? He's fighting Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah, yeah. Is that not a beast of a fella? Oh, absolutely. This is a few weeks after he stole a taxi in Spain. But, you know. <laughs> Did you mean he stole a taxi in Spain? So with all his mates and all his mates got kicked out of a hotel. And that's you were coming to another hotel. Starting till or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah or all his mates. And then got, got, kicked, got kicked out of the hotel and then uh, went to another hotel and uh, they got refused from that one. And uh, as your man was doing something, uh, him and a couple of his mates and drove around all with you on a taxi like no uh, way. friendly police. Yeah. Absolute typical Liverpool person. That's yeah. back. How dare you. Paul the stereotypes so I apologise for this. <laughs> don't apologise for my tanisms, okay? Uh, I'm only messing, I don't really apologise. Yeah. There you go, good. That's it, it was a fake apology. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Good. Any more on that UFC? No, no, that's it. That's it for uh, the UFC segment. Anyways, uh, upcoming on the next podcast, we're going to have a possible guest on the podcast. Talking all things UFC. Going to talk about, going to recap UFC uh, China. Uh, we're going to talk about Khabib versus Poirier is on next week. We're going to preview that. Justin Gacy versus uh, Cowboy going to pre- uh, preview that as well. Cowboy Cerrone? Yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> and I hate McGregor, but that was one of his better moments. He said that about Jamie Stevens. Was it? Was, was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, my, my bad. Yeah, and then... And also, I'm, cl- I'm clearly an expert in this sport. That's true, yeah. And also we're going to do a, a prediction, uh, predictions of all the fights. So let's see who... Uh, Comes out with all the uh, predictions. Is the old man fighting Conor McGregor? The old man from the Marble Arch? Oh no, yeah, you got a crew with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Got McGregor, any ideas. McGregor's terrified. He's in, in height. He's had to go to America and all. Yeah. Having, a, having an interview with Ariel Tawani and all. Having a bag of coke on, you know. He's <laughs> probably on the sniff straight away. That's it, allegedly. Allegedly. You know. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. I'll take your allegedly and I make them guaranteed. Yeah, I think that's three times uh, in, in every podcast we've mentioned is uh, is uh, dr- drug, it's drug habit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Typical. That's right. Anyways, uh, yeah, so look forward to next week's podcast. This week uh, there wasn't any UFC on, so uh, I had to force myself to watch Bellator. But it's good fun, but it's I, not, I not even know, level. I didn't even know it was on, but 14 finishes out of 14 fights is not bad. Absolutely. Like, just from, a, just from someone with my level of experience, which is level one, entry level. 
That's very good. Yeah. That's not bad for you. And going forward, we're going to look to do get some uh, some guests on the podcast, like from football, from all sorts of different sports. Yeah, are... different sports. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't know everything. And this Sunday exactly is the GAA, the All Ireland. Someone wants to come on, whether the winner is from Dublin or from Kerry. No, no interest. No, no interest. Book goes no interest. But someone has an interest, feel free. Get in touch with our podcast. We'll have you on, no problem. Plus, yeah, there's a couple of fingers legends, you know, around the place. A few up and comers from football, a few MMA heroes. You know, yeah. Make your we'll we'll get in touch if we have to. If not, make yourself known. Absolutely, yeah. So as we gain a following, we're gonna reach out to them, see if they, you know, we'll bribe them with a few cans, obviously. Oh yeah, pay yeah, the people with exactly Tesco Lager. You know what I mean? Because like literally, I walk in retail, so I don't have any money, so you know. And I I, I regularly threaten to quit my job, so yeah, at any moment I'll be at work. <laughs> Quite a hot-headed person. Anyways, I'm uh, Alan Buckley on Facebook. That's Paul Quinn on Facebook as well. And if you don't know who we are, we're from Finglas, the main street of Finglas, Dublin, Ireland. And on uh you're not on Twitter, Paul, eh? Of course I am. <laughs> no chance. Hey, I asked him to promote the podcast, but getting on Twitter, you know, still hasn't happened. The Snapchat count? Well, you don't have to send, send, send nudes, like. Of course I don't send nudes. I send pictures, I spend pictures of my dog consistently. Well, he's touching his dog. Oh, no, that, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly we're touching. We're close in the photos. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so, yeah. Keep an eye out for uh, more content. We're going to release our podcast every Wednesday. So keep uh, keep an eye out. Thanks for listening. Is Bebo still a thing? <laughs>